Thank you for taking time to listen to this sermon from Hope Church Toronto North. It is our prayer that through this message, you are challenged and encouraged by the Word of God and grow in your love for God and love for others. It is God's desire for us to be members of and regularly participate in a local church under the care of qualified elders. If you are not attending a local church right now, we encourage you to take that step. If you do live in the North York area and are looking for a local church, we invite you to visit us at one of our Sunday morning gatherings to discern if this is the church God is leading you to. A little bit more. So if you have a Bible with you or your phone, you can go to 1 Timothy 1. We're going to look at verses 15 to 16. And the title of the message is, You're Not the Same Because Jesus Came. You're not, oh yeah, you guys are ready. I love it. You're not the same because Jesus came. Now, the writer of our text today is Paul. And if you ran into Paul on one of those missionary journeys, or if you ran into him up here on Eglinton, he'd look at you and you'd be like, hey, Paul, how you doing? And he's like, well, the snow came a little bit sooner than I wanted it to come. I'm a little bit tired. I've been through a couple shipwrecks. Some of my friends have deserted me. Some of the people that I'm discipling, they're getting on my nerves. But you know what? I'm joyful. And if you said to Paul, why are you joyful, Paul? With all of that, with all that you've gone through, why are you joyful? He would look at you and he would say, because Jesus has changed me and he has changed you. The Bible says if anybody is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Paul would remind you of what you tend to forget. That God has done a beautiful thing in you, a powerful thing in you. See, when we forget this, we don't appreciate Jesus the way we should. We don't appreciate the incarnation the way that we should. When we forget this, we don't see ourselves the right way. That you're not the same because Jesus came. That's why we need the text today. Because it's going to remind you of that. Say to somebody, we need it. We need it. Verse 15, he says, this saying is trustworthy. So he's like, this is something you can take to the bank and deserving of full acceptance. This is what you should believe, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He says, Jesus came into the world. This is the truth about the incarnation. The one who made us came to live with us. He came into our mess to get us out of it. Like it says in the song in the stars, heaven's son slept under the stars that he made. You got to think about the incarnation. Then he says to save sinners. This is the truth about our Savior's mission. He tells you what Jesus came to do. The one who had it all gave it all so you and I could gain it all. If Jesus never makes this move, you wouldn't be a child of God. Let me say it another way. You wouldn't be a new creation. Come on. You're not out there? Listen to me. How about it this way? You wouldn't be standing in grace. Let me give you another one because I can. You wouldn't be on your way to glory. Your life wouldn't be changed if Jesus doesn't do what he did. And I wonder if there's anybody in here who's grateful for the work of Jesus Christ in their life. Paul was. Look what he says. He says, 
Jesus came into the world to save sinners. This is verse 15. Of who I am, the foremost. The foremost, he says. But he says, but I received mercy. When Paul says he is the foremost of sinners, you know what he's doing? He's talking about his old life. The old way he used to live. And if you go back to verse 13, you would see it. In verse 13, he says, I was a blasphemer. That means he denied the work of Christ. He said, I was an opponent. He opposed the gospel. Then he says in verse 13, I was a persecutor. He attacked Christians. Paul was, when, when uh, what's his name? Stephen was being killed. He was there, sanctioning it, approving it, clapping for what was going on. If you said you loved Jesus, Paul wanted you gone. He was on your heels like church socks. He wa- he- yeah, you're paying attention. Anything to get rid of you. But in Acts 9, he meets Jesus. And when he meets Jesus, his life is changed. He's never the same again. He's on his way in Acts chapter 9. Read it when you get home after your nap. He's, he's going to do more damage. That's right. I got amens from the kids too. Right? They're teaching you what to do in church. We could talk up in here. He's, he's going to do more damage. But Jesus stops him in his tracks and changes his life. That's why in verse 16 of this text, he says, but I received mercy. Paul's trying to tell you that Jesus is a merciful savior. I received mercy. He went from hating Jesus to promoting Jesus. It says in Acts 9, immediately he proclaimed in the synagogue saying, he is the son of God. He goes on to promote Jesus. He is the son of God. Watch this. And all who heard him were amazed and said, is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem on those who called upon the name? When they see him doing it, they're like, who's this guy? He's completely changed. And everybody is surprised. They're surprised that the powerful work of God, the powerful work of Jesus Christ in his life, they realize he is not the same. See, when you experience mercy, listen to me on this, your heart is new. When you experience mercy, your habits change. When you experience mercy, the fruit is visible. See, sometimes some some people come into your life, they're like, yeah, I'm following Jesus. And you're like, "Mm, I'm not sure. It's true. I'm I'm telling the truth, right? Yeah, even with the snow, I'm feeling good. I hate snow. (laughs) The fruit is visible. And sometimes all you got to do is look. If if someone says they're in the faith, all you got to do is look. Are they behaving any different than they were before? Not perfectly, but consistently. And sometimes just look in your life. Do I see the fruit of change? (laughs) that guy that's all you got look for the fruit and sometimes you're like all right marv i hear you i hear you bro but sometimes i can't see the change i look and sometimes i can't i get all that let me say this to you here's my response you're not always the best judge of that in your life right somebody saw zion the other day and they're like whoa he got tall and i'm like ah he looks exactly the same Yeah, you know what I mean? What are you talking about? But I see him all the time, right? He's my oldest son. 
Sometimes I, you, you're not the best judge of what's actually going on close to you. And here's the thing. Sometimes we come to church and we're like, oh, I, don't, I can't sing. <laughs> That's definitely me. Uh, I, can't, I can't preach, whatever. How am I going to minister to others? How, how can I minister to other people in the church family? I love the church family. I want to be, I want to minister. Here's the way. Tell your brothers and sisters the way you see God changing them. Speak words of encouragement, words of life into their life. Say this to them. When you do this, you'll be like putting honey in their tea. When you speak words of encouragement, it'll be like a warm breeze on a, on a hot day or heat on a winter day. You're just feeling good. You know what it'll do? It'll, it'll, it'll help them see God, Jesus is changing me. They'll be able to say from your encouragement, I am not the same. From your encouragement, they'll be able to say, he who began a good work in me will bring it to, say it. Right? God's not like us. He finishes what he starts. He will do the work. Now, the next one, here it comes. Sometimes I fall back into old habits. You hear me say that you're not the same. Because Jesus came. You're like, yeah, but sometimes I'm back in those old habits. Let me just say this. Change is a slow process. Your sanctification is a marathon. It is not a sprint. It's not the 100. It's cross country. It takes time. And so why am I telling you this? I'm telling you it because I want you to be patient with yourself. Patient with the work that God is doing in you. It doesn't just happen like that. It takes time. Now, here's what I'm not saying, because I always want you to know what I'm not saying. I'm not saying you should ignore those sinful habits when you fall back into them. Say, don't ignore it. I'm not saying don't. You need to confess it when you see it. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You need to repent You need to also ask for help. When you see that thing going on, you turn and you say, God, by your spirit, would you please help me to overcome this? Listen, growth in Christ is a spiritual exercise. It's not something that we can do on our own. We need the Spirit's help. And so we ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Here's the other one. We ask brothers and sisters in Christ to help us. See, some of us are stuck in our old habits. We're there because we never let anybody know and we never let anybody in. Let me say it, this change is a community project. That's why God created the church. That's why when he saved you, he put you in a church family and told you, settle down, commit there, become a member. Let those people get to know you and walk with you. You're like, oh, the church is not perfect. I get that because you're here and I'm here. I'm giving you the real stuff today. But we need each other. And it's some of those imperfections that help us see and expose certain things going on in us and certain things that we need to sort of work through and work through them together. Change is a community project. And so you can stand outside of the church family if you want. But I'm telling you, if you do that, you're going to stunt your growth. 
You have to be willing to step in and say, yes, there's going to be some pain in here. Yes, there's going to be some struggle in here. Yes, it's not going to be perfect in here. But God is going to use this because the church is his plan for his people to grow in the faith. No man is an island. We don't grow. We stay in those old habits because we never let anybody in and we never let anybody know. Don't let that be you. Verse 16, he says, But I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Christ Jesus might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. You're not the same. Paul is not the same because Jesus is a patient Savior. Notice he says that he, in me, he displayed his perfect patience. That word patient could be translated long-suffering. Jesus is a long-suffering Savior. He's a loving Savior. That's why Beecher Hicks says, patience is love in slow motion. He's a loving Savior. See, when Paul, watch this, when Paul was attacking the church, when Paul was opposing the gospel, when Paul was uh, persecuting Christians, Jesus didn't turn his back on him. Jesus came and saved him. He stepped into the mess, and changed his life. That's why he says that in me, he might display his perfect patience as an example to those who are to believe in him for eternal life. Paul says, when you look at me, when you look at my life, when you look at this man who is living wildly, I'm an example of the patience of God. I'm a powerful picture of the work that Jesus can do in the life of anybody. You know what he's saying here? He's saying, if Jesus can save and change me, there is nobody out of reach. That person, think about this. Think about that person in your life, and you're like, I think they'd never follow Jesus. We all have some, but right? Christmas time, we know they're coming over. You think they're they're never going to follow Jesus. Here, let, let me tell you this. They could follow Jesus next week. I was, I was hanging out with Zan this week. We were sitting and we were drinking some, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, what's it called? What's it called, Zan? Popcorn tea? Corn tea, that's it. Listen to me. If you, if you haven't had any corn tea yet, oh yeah, trust, I'll give you some. And he looked at me and he was talking to me about somebody in, in his life. And he said something and I was like, that's, that's powerful. He says, he's not doing, he's not following Jesus right now like me. But he looks at me, he goes, but it reminds me to, to never lose hope and to not stop praying. And I, just, I, I looked at him and I just wrote it down on a piece of paper because I was like, yeah, I'm saying that this week. <laughs> Don't give up. Don't lose hope. Don't stop praying for that person because God can change them like the way he has changed you. You're not the same. Why? Because Jesus did what? He came. He came. And so let me give you some things, some practical things. Remember this. God is working on you. God has changed you. When you look at your life, you're like, oh, it's still, it's still such a mess. There's still so much things going on that I don't, don't, I don't like. There's still so many things that I struggle with. Yes, that's true. You are not where you need to be, but you're not where you used to be. 
You are no longer a sinner. The Bible says that you are a saint. Do you know that? Go home and read every New Testament letter. I say, I've said this before. None of them start with, to the sinners. All of them start with, to the saints. God wants you to know who you are because knowing who you are helps you be who you are. And when you know that God has changed you, that is where the power comes from to actually live a life of victory. Again, remember I told you, that's why it's so dangerous to forget this truth, that I am new in Christ. Because when we remember that, the power comes. And when temptation comes knocking, you say, yeah, you've come to the wrong house. Because this is a house where we don't live a life of sin. This is a place where we live a life of victory over sin. Remember God is working on you. Here's the other one. Pray for others and be patient with them. A bunch of you should have said amen way more than that. Right? You said, mm-hmm, but you need to say amen. Pray for others and be patient with Right? There's all kinds of people out there like, oh, that person's getting on my nerves today. But trust, right? Sometimes believers frustrate us. Trust the work of God in their life. You cannot be the Holy Spirit. You, are, you can't push them faster than the Spirit is. So you pray for them. You be patient with them. You remember how much there's somebody looking at you going, mm-hmm. That you're on a path of change just yourself. Pray and be patient. Here's this other one. Tell your story. You're like, where'd you get that? In the text. Paul says, I was the foremost of sinners, but I received mercy. He says, I was a blasphemer, but now I'm proclaiming the gospel. Don't be afraid to tell people, this is what God has done in me. This is what God is doing in me. Because it, might, it will show them what God can do in them, how Jesus can change them. And here's this last one. Like Pastor Yogi says, give praise to Jesus. Look at verse 17. To the king of ages. He goes into praise here. When he thinks about what Jesus has done for him, son, you can come if you want. When he thinks about what Jesus has done for him, he goes into praise. He says, to the king of ages, Jesus is your incarnate king, the one who left everything to give you everything, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. He gives praise to Jesus Christ. Do you know why? Because he knows Jesus has done a special thing for you and that Jesus Christ is doing a special thing in you. And sometimes at Christmas we're like, oh, we should just reflect on the fact that he came. Yes, that's true, that's good. But reflect on the fact of what he came to do and what he has done in you. And let that motivate the way you live your life going forward. You are not the same because Jesus came. And you should give thanks for that every day. You should remember it every day because remembering it gives you power to live a life of victory, to live a life of power, to live a life that brings glory to God. Let's stand and pray. Father, we give you praise. We give you all the glory. We thank you for giving us your son who came and showed us mercy, who came and displayed his patience towards us, who came 
and rewrote our story. God, I pray for that person who feels like there's no change going on. They can't see the way you are transforming them, the way you are changing them. Would you move another brother or sister in our church family to go over and just say, here's what I see. Here's how God is working in you. God, would you help us to be a place where we encourage one another, where we, where we speak the truth and love to help one another keep the faith, to not give up. God, I pray that we would see how much you are committed to helping us when we consider the incarnation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, us, Lord. And because of Jesus, we are in you. We are a new creation. Help us to live in that reality. Help us to give you praise for the fact that we have a testimony, that we have a rewritten story. And help us to walk powerfully in it, we pray, by the power of your spirit. And we can pray this to you, God, because of your son, Jesus Christ, who gave all for us. Amen. For more resources or information about Hope Church, visit hopetorontonorth.com.